I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Welcome to the chat. We're glad you're with us today, and I'm very happy to have my in-studio guest, a lady that I've known for a good deal of time. And In fact, we go to church together, right, Kristen? That's right. Kristen Miller is with me today. She's a member of Living Hope Church. She has a lot of responsibilities. Uh, one of them is pastor of praise and worship pastor and lots of other things you do uh, she does at the church and Kristen thank you so much thank I know you for this is kind me. of your day off and you've got three little babies that you usually take care of not little babies anymore three beautiful young girls mm-hmm. they're growing up I know they are you know I thought I've, I got to thinking about this your father uh, pastor Ron Allen had three daughters you got three daughters you're, you're you consider is that a coincidence by you get you learn something about girls growing up I know huh? I don't think I would know what to do with a boy <laughs> so the lord knew <laughs> I, I tell everybody that all my uh, all my boys turned out to be girls too i had, <laughs> had two sisters and no brothers two daughters and no sons so you're in the same boat yeah and you would think i'd know something about communicating with females but i don't <laughs> you know even after all that i'm wondering why, why don't i do a better job because i've been in the girls dorm my whole life how funny uh, but thank you for being here today thank, thank you, you for being here today and uh and uh, you have you have had uh, the great experience of uh, I tell everybody that I started going to church nine months before I was born and uh, in my mother's womb. And for you, it's kind of been almost like that. Living Hope Church just turned 26 years. Did the ministry 26, right? Yes. 26 started, years today is actually the official in yeah. Russia, July 2nd. Now, it started in your parents' home, Ron and Beth Allen, as a Bible study of sorts. If if I had the story correct, uh, it started on a winter's day, winter's and, you, and it snowed and nobody came. Right. Do you remember? I mean, who can blame them if it's snowing? I'm not. But 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 continued there from the living room, moved to the garage as it grew. Uh, later had to rent a space as it grew, rented another space as it grew, and then ultimately where the church is now is on spring street East spring street uh in the building we occupy now and have for a number of years do you remember do you remember that first sunday that that you get how without how do you remember that first gathering i do i was probably 10 or 11 so i i remember that we um i remember the the snow day we actually started as a bible study and don't consider that our official first sunday so that was in february and that was when it snowed but then later on a few months in july is when we had our first sunday service which we consider our first official meeting time and so i remember all of that that was still in the living room at that point that moved to the garage okay that sunday morning service was our first service in the garage so and you have recall of that oh yeah i actually remember helping i was 10 or 11 but i remember helping with the children's ministry (laughs) And we 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 met on the front porch. <laughs> the the parents met in the garage, and the children's ministry was on the front porch. No so, kidding, as yeah. a ten or eleven year old. Yes, you were helping with children's ministry. Yes. I am not at all surprised by my that. mom did most of the children's ministry, but I I was her helper. Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> wow, what a story! So you remember that first, and and so you watched this grow from the time you were just a child to the move from the garage to the rental spaces to the church and that sort of thing. Yes. That, what a, what a, you know, we, I was talking to a friend of mine not too long ago. You know, I'm like you. I had a mother, grandmother that kept me in church, and that has been my experience. So those are the folks that did not have that opportunity and maybe made some other decisions in their life, when, and those are great testimonies. Maybe it might be drug-related. Or what, those are great testimonies. But isn't it wonderful that you and I had that kind of input into our life, that we had parents and grandparents that kept us, that exposed us to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that kept us in church. and We were just so blessed in that regard. Oh, I'm so, so thankful. I feel like 
I mean, we all have a testimony. Yeah. And, you know, there's times I've definitely done things I shouldn't have done or gotten into things I shouldn't have gotten into. Um, but I'm very thankful for the foundation that was laid where I knew I could always come back. I always had Christ. I always had that solid, firm foundation from growing up in church, you know, the scripture talks about even Jesus went to church as a child. And so we all need it. And I'm very thankful my parents saw that need and were faithful to do that for us. Yeah. And, and, and you've, you've watched the church grow. You've watched the ministry grow. Do you remember the time? Of course, we know that uh, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He just has children. Uh, is it clear in your memory when you said, yeah, I've been in church my whole life. This has been part of my whole life. I remember it from a small child. When did it happen that you made the decision to receive Christ as your personal Savior? Talk about how that happened. I was four years old. Four? Yes, four, four. years old when I received Jesus. And I I don't remember the exact time as far as where I was. I'm, I know I was in church or what was happening, but I was four years old. And I remember probably a year or so after that, I got baptized and my dad got to baptize me. So, I mean, I literally... As soon as I had an understanding that I needed a Savior, I received him as my Savior. Wow. So, yeah, it's awesome. So that's been your, that's been your and then, and of course, you've had the good fortune of uh, having Christian parents, having parents in the ministry and going yes. forward since you're four. When did you, when did you, and so that's kind of been your life, and, and that's great. When did you sense some sort of calling or direction in your life to, you know, just because your parents are ministers and pastors, that ne- doesn't necessarily mean that, that your life, is, even though you're Christian, that ne- doesn't necessarily mean your life is going in that direction. When did you sense some sort of calling on your life to do what you're doing now? Well, I went to tech and graduated with a degree um, in communications. And, and right after that, um, I had kind of applied for a, a church position out of state and I and then it a just, church position yeah to work on staff at a different church a bigger church out of state um and that kind of fell through and it wasn't the right thing and we thought why don't I work at our church you know it just it almost it hadn't really hit me that that was an option or or what I needed to do but um I did that and I, I remember my parents saying to me um you know, if you can do anything else, you feel like, you know, you're free to do that. And so I never felt um, pressure to do it. And it's just kind of naturally evolved. I don't remember a, just a specific pivotal moment like this is what you're supposed to do. But it's it's I don't know what else I would do. Like, it's just a natural kind of organic thing within me that ministry is what I'm supposed to do and I, I enjoy doing it and I get life from doing it. And so, um, that's, that's just kind of how it's evolved for me. Were your parents saying, and they may not have been saying exactly this, if you can be happy doing anything else to do it. Yeah, I think they were. I mean, ministry is not easy. No. And so, um, and they, they've sacrificed a lot in their positions. And so they, you know, you don't want your children to go through what you've been through sometimes. And so I think they were saying that for that way, but also um, they didn't want me to feel obligated and I, and I don't feel obligated. I feel um, like this is what I should be doing right now. So isn't it good to know? It's just good to know that you're in your place. Yes. It's so fulfilling. It's the best life you can have. Yes. Uh, More so than the side of the paycheck or anything else that you know that, that uh, you're doing what you were born to do. Right. Wow. That's great. Yes. Kristen Miller is our guest today, among other responsibilities at Living Hope Church. She's a praise and worship pastor. 
We'll have more with our conversation with Christian when we return. Happy to have you with us on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest today, Kristen Miller. She is praise and worship pastor, among other responsibilities at Living Hope Church, where her dad and mom, Ron and Beth Allen, are the pastors. How has it been having uh, your father as a pastor? How is that? It's interesting. That's been true your whole life, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, To have your father be your pastor, there's been a little bit of a learning curve because I'm a very strong leader no, no. <laughs> i've never known that yet I'm, I'm being a little fun humorous here we go to church together in case you just join us and sit in a lot of meetings together and i appreciate the way you voice your opinions and thoughts and i really do well thank I mean, you really do. <laughs> that's that's the thing i've had to learn um i think we've all had to learn the role of how to be pastor you know him be my pastor and also father daughter in this capacity where we work together so yeah. it's it's interesting but we enjoy it i feel like we've got, come to a place it's it's great so what has been uh, let me ask you a twofold question what has been the most fulfilling part of being raised in the home where your dad is a pastor and in the ministry and what's been the most challenging part have you ever have you ever had to think about that i mean and he, he's got he's three daughters of his own raising a family doing all that pastoring a flock I mean, it's got to be, it's a different world than most people experience. Right. It's its the only world I know. Yeah. Um, but I will say one of the great things is, you know, you hear tons of horror stories about preacher's kids. And um, I've known many, many preacher's kids who've had really rough times. And I'm very thankful. We, the way my parents raised us was not some higher standard expectation that they expected from us to live by. Um, they've always extended lots of grace and um, our church family has always extended lots of grace. So uh, we never felt this weird, like you have to be perfect kind of attitude from people. And, and so uh, thankfully my sisters and I, we all have followed the Lord our whole lives, continue to follow the Lord Um, We love the Lord. We all serve the Lord. And so I feel like that comes from the place of we've been loved and been extended lots of grace in our lives. And so I'm very thankful for that. But like I said, I've not known anything different. I wouldn't know what else to expect in life. And so I'm I'm very thankful. I think um, one thing, though, that we have seen is you, you see when you see your parents really care for other people. And you see struggles of other people in a different way than maybe you would if your parents weren't pastors. And so you can see sometimes your the your pastors care more than people do. And so I've seen that where their heart's been broken for people because um, they love them and they want them to see want to see them grow and do the best that they can. And so that's that's I guess been one of the challenging aspects of growing up in ministry. Kristen, you've used the word a few times during this conversation that has come to mean a lot to me, uh, and I've gained really deeper understanding of it since I've been a part of Living Hope, maybe than I have my whole life. Uh, the word grace. Yes. What is that? Grace is God's ability working in us, through us, to do what we could not do on our own. Wow. And, um, and of course, we all, I mean, we all know it as unmerited favor, but it, it is so much more. And it is that. It is, absolutely it is that, but it's more. And extending that to other people where we're letting God's ability work through us where maybe we couldn't forgive someone 
Um, we couldn't help someone, but God can. And he, we allow him to use us and to work through us in that way. That's, to me, grace. So what you're saying, if I understand you correctly, that as born-again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the very power of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, yes, working through us, not just to take us to heaven, but in our daily lives on every level. Is absolutely. that right? Absolutely. God wants us victorious in this life. Yeah. And um, when we allow him to work in us and through us, he'll take us there. Yeah. yeah. Victory. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and that's when that's uh, I came, uh, you know, I was, as I said, uh, I was fortunate to have the parents that took me to church my whole life, received Christ as my Savior when I was 13, knew I was going to heaven when I died. And and believe that, and you know, you don't think much about that as a thirteen year old. But but I, I you know, but life gets pretty hard down here sometimes. Yes. And, and sometimes we make the best decisions. Sometimes we don't. But one of the things, the realities that I that I've come to even more since I've been a part of Living Hope, but through my adult life is, you know, is that we're not in this world without a savior. And when it comes to raising children, your jobs, your decisions about purchasing things, seeing people, if you're seeing whatever it happens to be, you know, he is with us right now, never to leave us or forsake us forever. And that means a lot to you and your family and, and your ministry, right? Oh, absolutely. We've seen God do amazing things in our lives. Um, he's faithful. He's yeah. never let us down. There's definitely been hard times and difficulties, but he has always seen us through. Yeah. And now one of the many things that you do at Living Hope Church is you are the praise and worship pastor. Yes. And and God uses you in a powerful way there, you and the whole team there. And it just keeps getting better and better, by the way. It really does. Thank you. Why, why, what, is the, what is the mission or the purpose or what uh, the – the, the power behind praise and worship. Why does it matter? That does that matter so much in a church fellowship or congregation or church setting or church meeting? Well, it gets our eyes off of us and it puts them where they need to be on Him, where we're praising Him, exalting Him, worshiping worshiping Him above all of our circumstances, above all of our burdens, above everything. He is being exalted, and I've heard it said before that praise is the highest form of faith. Yeah, it's where. Your life may be falling apart around you, but you're taking that time to know, hey, he's the answer and he's going to help us through. And so I see praise and worship as focusing on him. And I mean, praise and worship, we do it with music, but it's a lifestyle of where you're putting him first, seeking him first with your life. You know, uh, and see if you would agree with this statement, you know, God is omnipresent. So, you know, we really can't get any closer to God or can't get any clo- him can't get any closer to us then we are sitting here in the studio I mean he's close to us all the time he does but but when we are together in a praise and worship setting or something like that we become more conscious of his presence yes. we become I don't know maybe in a sense closer to him he yes. doesn't move closer he's with us all the time right but in those moments of praise and worship it's like our focus is more on him and we move closer to him in that context. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. We become more aware of him. Yeah. And less focused on us. Which is which is one of the many, many reasons we should. Uh, I've had people say to me, well, can you believe uh, you could be a Christian and not go to church? Well, I guess so. But why would you want to? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons do we gather together yes. to bring to get to come together as a body of believers and focus on him. And uh, your team at, at Living Hope really uh, does a great job of helping us do that. Oh, they're wonderful. They're very talented. 
And I often think I would, I could do it by myself, but I sure wouldn't want to because <laughs> they are such a talented, humble team, and I appreciate them so much. Kristen Miller, my guest today on the chat, will have more in just a moment. Happy to have you with us on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest today, Kristen Miller, staff member at Living Hope Church here in Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, my church, by the way, the one I've attended for, golly, eight, nine years now. Yeah. yeah. A long time. I remember when I moved back from Knoxville, Kristen, uh, after I'd gone up there to get a, some education so I could become a hospice chaplain, uh, I, I knew I needed to establish a church, and I actually visited Living Hope first. Oh, really? Yeah, first, and... Um, and I thought, yeah, this is good. I like this. Of course, I knew your dad. I knew him when he was a fireman. Uh, I remember he used to tell me when he was a fireman, he said, he said I uh, I put out fires during the day and set them at night. Because he was, <laughs> <laughs> I set them at night, with, with meaning he was a pastor. And, and I really enjoyed it. And then for like a couple of months, I visited other churches. And I, I was feeling, and, and sometimes I'd go to three services on a Sunday morning. You could wow. do that. You could do that if you yes. could, well, if you time it right. Mm-hmm. And then and after and after a couple of months, I came back to Living Hope and said, I was right two months ago. This is where I belong. <laughs> and like the other places. So it's been my church home for a long, long time. You have a lot of other responsibilities at the at the church right now, including interim children's ministry. Yeah, uh, you you had that up. Talk about the importance. I mean, that is, you know, if if you're looking around the church congregation, um, and and God bless them, I'm one of them. You know, and everybody has gray hair or no hair. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and we need we need that group, and that group needs us, and that sort of thing. So it's important to minister to that demographic. But if you don't see young people and you don't see children. Uh, that church's future is probably going to be short-lived. I right. Mean, in term, talk, what do you do as – talk about your role as as minister, uh, inner minister for the children and why it's important to get the Word of God into them at that age. Well, um, right now my role is kind of organizing and um, picking out curriculum and getting things scheduled. But more importantly, the, the reason why we do all that is we want to lay a foundation in these children's lives that no matter what they go through, who they're with, they always know Jesus. They know God's there for them. They know he's good. They know he loves him. They know they can always turn to him. And so that is always where I'm coming from, especially in our crazy culture where sin abounds and, yeah. and people um, don't value the word of God like they should that's my goal with the children is to teach them that God's word is true and you can trust it and get it to them early in life. Yes. And in a way they can understand it in a way they can enjoy it in a way they can remember it and learn it. Train up a child in a way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. I love the story behind that verse. And that it gets back to, if you read that, that literally means to put on their palate. Yes. The Jewish mothers would have a have a newborn and they would they would take food that they wanted their child to gain a taste for. And they would literally those Jewish mothers would put that food in their own mouth and chew that food up and then take that food out of their mouth and put it on the palate of the child Wow! to put on the palate. And when they're old, they would they would always have a taste for that. That doesn't guarantee that that child would come to Christ. Right. That doesn't guarantee that that child would be saved. But they would have a taste for it. Yes, they would good. have a taste for it. So you, at a very early age, you're putting that on their palate so they have a taste for it, as opposed to getting a taste for whatever else is going on in this this crazy world we live in now. Right. They're going to get a taste for something. Yeah. That's and exactly so it right. might as well be God. Yeah. I want to go back. I find it incredible. Uh, at four years old, you you knew that you knew that you knew, as somebody who 
had started not started kindergarten yet. I guess that that yeah. Christ had come in. It happened. I knew when I was eight. I was sitting in my third grade teacher's classroom, Miss Ryder in Sweetwater, Tennessee, and I suddenly realized I don't know Jesus. If he came back today, if I died today, I wouldn't go to heaven. And I remember going home. I usually played football in my backyard. Um, I wouldn't go outside because I was afraid Jesus would come back. <laughs> day, I mean, he'd come back. I'm not ready. Now I didn't act on that till I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. But 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 you but at, at as a four year old girl, you knew the reality of ex- because you'd been exposed to the gospel your whole life. Oh yeah. I mean, you, from day one, yes. you didn't have a day in your life without it. Right. But as a four year old, you knew that that was uh, that 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 Christ was in your heart. Yes. Oh, I did, and and I encourage parents because a lot of times people think that's too young; they don't fully understand. But Jesus said, "Allow the children to come to me." Yeah. And so I think let let them come. I even if they come every Sunday and they want to get saved again every Sunday, let them let them do that that's that brings security to their hearts when they can come to him and so yes at four years old thank god my parents when i said raise my hand i want to be born again they said sure go for it you know and and i was and i that that was that moment for me and ever since then, i mean i'm sure in church camps and vbs's i'm i've rededicated my life who knows how many times, yeah. you know, <laughs> and uh, every week. Right. But that first time I was four years old and I'm very thankful that I was given that opportunity. And your dad, uh, Pastor Ron Allen, you, you mentioned earlier, had the thrill uh, of baptizing you the next year, right? Yes, he did. You remember, you Echo Valley time? Swimming Pool. I was going to ask you, you remember the details. <laughs> oh, I sure do. And I, I, I remember, I think that my sister got to be baptized. I have a twin sister. And so um, she was baptized at the same time, and that that was a joyous time for us. What do you see? I mean, you, you you've been a part of the staff at Living Hope for for a good long while now. Um, as you think about, you, you're raising three beautiful daughters yourself, your husband Jeremiah, and yourself, and they are just beautiful girls. Thank you. I mean, they're and I've had the opportunity to be in a class. In particular, I'm thinking about Emery now, <laughs> and and she's uh, how old is Emery? She's ten and a half. Ten, I mean, I, this has been a couple of years since I've been. But she and I said, Emery, would you like to take part in the lesson? Not only did she take part, she prepared the lesson. She prepared yes, crafts. She, she did. Pre- and she just basically was teaching the class as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old girl at the time. And and you could and she could just had you could just see that anointing, that calling on her life, just just a thrill. And that's a reflection of the kind of spiritual leadership that she's had in her household with you and Jeremiah. And I know you've got to be thrilled the way things are developing for your daughters. Oh, I am thrilled. And I, I often tell people, you know, children do not get a watered down version of Jesus or the Holy Spirit. They have the same resurrecting power inside of them when they receive Jesus. And so. It's awesome to give children opportunities to speak and share and give testimony. We've got about a minute left, Kristen. We talked about it earlier in the show. It's just it's just very fulfilling to know that you're 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 in your place. You're doing what you were born to do, what God called you to do. There may be people listening, wrestling with that now uh, about a step to take, something to do. And in, in, in the minute or so we've got left, talk to them about what what you would say to them about maybe what they should do. I would say, um, don't get caught up on jobs or career titles or what what work you should have the thing is all of us have a purpose and our purpose is to love god and love people and so whatever venue you find that do it you know and you will be fulfilled no matter what job you're doing or position you're in if you're loving god and loving people yeah 
So, and you believe God's been getting you ready for what you're doing your whole life. And you oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Unconscious preparation. Yes. I love that phrase, <laughs> unconscious preparation. Thank you so much. Thank you. This I enjoyed great. being here. Thank you. Kristen Miller has been our guest today of Living Hope Church in Cookville. So great to have her in studio. Happy to have you listening. Join us next week, same time for the chat.